Hey everybody, this is Gordon in Austin. I just wanted to take a second to tell you about our sponsor, Bugfender. Bugfender is a tool for mobile developers that solves a pretty typical problem of having error reports that you're not able to reproduce. Ideally, you'd be able to check the bug with the user that has the issue, but of course they're going to be thousands of miles away. So what do you do? You use Bugfender. Bugfender is an SDK that you drop in your app and then you set it up with a single line of code. Then it sends all the application logs to the Bugfender servers so that you can check on any device remotely right from their website. It's super useful for early dev, beta testing, and even production apps. Bugfender unlocks the possibility of detecting errors earlier, assisting users that need support, and ultimately achieving excellent customer satisfaction. And we actually have a promo code for you. If you go to bugfender.com slash build phase, you can sign up for free. And then if you decide to upgrade to the paid tier, you'll end up getting a 20% discount just for being a listener. So that URL again is bugfender.com slash build phase. And thanks a lot to Bugfender for sponsoring today's episode. I, I think the gist is that our old mic here in the Austin office was too good with like scare quotes around the word good. And we needed like way more hardware to power it properly, I think, mm-hmm. is the gist. But this one is like kind of like a normal mic, and then mm-hmm. we just plug it into a normal like $99 preamp thing. Right. I got to say, though, by the way, at the moment you said this one, Ooh. it sort of d- dissolved into a fuzzy crackle fart sound. I wonder if that's just Skype or not. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Mm. We'll see. This is Jack in Stockholm. And this is Gordon in Austin. And this is Build Phase. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Uh, good. Good. Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. I, I know. You had a mustache last time I saw you. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this, that was a while ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's been, gone, that's been gone a long time. Mm. Yeah, I went totally mustache-free. I think it's the end of July. Mm. So, yeah. That's cool. First time in a long time. My uh, youngest daughter is, she does not approve. She <laughs> always wants me to have more and weirder face, facial hair. Yeah. And I have a thing where I'm old, right? Mm. Older. So I have a lot, of, a lot of gray and white, especially in my beard. And I have one spot of a patch under my chin on my neck yep. where that hair is just completely white. Like there is <laughs> nothing, like it's a good, it's like a, you know, a roughly circular patch, say two or uh-huh. three inches in diameter, that it's just pure white. Mm. And whenever, whenever I like don't shave for a few days, that becomes visible. And my daughter reminds me, hey, you should grow out just that part sometime. Just that part. <laughs> That would be and just have pure white weird neck beard patch. That would be very weird. That would be a very weird facial hair decision to make. Yeah. And I always say, "No, I'm not going to do that." Right. Which is the reasonable response. Yes. I think. Otherwise, yeah, it's been uh it's been summer and uh Apple keeps pushing out all these betas of everything and now you've got the GM of Xcode and all and I haven't yeah. installed any of that since the I, event of the day. I have. I'm actually trying to work on Argo right now. I think I mm. broke the, like, kind of doing the finishing touches on Argo's Swift 3.0 release. I've been yeah. kind of working on that. I had a lot of vacation time recently, 
Yeah. And I did some work on Argo and Runes trying to get them up to speed, dealing with precedence groups and stuff like that. And um, I think they're basically right. there now. I, uh, I'm i just kind of putting the finishing touches on it. And the finishing touches for Argo means like fixing the fact that I broke all the dependencies. So, Right. Because basically we changed from using like trying to hide that runes dependency with a sub-module. We've changed from that to declaring it as an explicit dependency the way we should have been doing probably all along, arguably. And mm. But now when people are trying to install it, it's flipping out because Carthage isn't – like it's expecting there to be checkouts. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's expecting to see the project checkout and it isn't there. Because we don't right. have sub, we're not using submodules anymore. Whatever. So I'm trying to figure out hmm. a nice workaround for that. Yeah, I was happy that when I opened the Xcode 8 GM, when I opened like Argo and Runes in the GM, that my project didn't blow up like it has for every beta during this beta period. This is I, I think I've said this to Mark when we've talked, but like this has been the most painful beta period for me just because of the extent of the changes and the kind of like every single beta just had another huge dump of changes that we had to make and it was just exhausting to keep up with. So right. I'm very much looking forward for this period to be over. And all these changes are strictly just uh, due to Swift 3, right? Yeah, right, right. And are, there all, are, there also, are there also problems in the compiler and stuff and the tools as well, or is it just language? It's mostly just language... I don't think we ran into anything specific around compiler issues. Hmm. It's kind of, you know, trying to trying to decipher how Swift package manager works. That's that hasn't been fun. And the right. answer to a lot of those questions about how does this work is it doesn't yet, which is depressing. Right. And the, well the thing with Swift package manager is that even on the radar for Argo right now because that seems to be for the time being that's only for Mac and for Linux and not at all for iOS right. projects. So So I would love for it to be on the radar. I think it is on the radar if I can like once I actually ship the 3.0 changes, mm-hmm. then I can work on Swift package manager support. Rune supports Swift package manager. Okay. And Curry supports Swift package manager. Argo does not okay. Because Swift Package Manager doesn't have support for pointing at branches, so there's no way for me to test, right? Like, I can't make sure that Swift builds properly with runes as a dependency because I have no way of declaring runes as a dependency without shipping a release of runes that is an actual dependency. But then the frustrating thing is that even then, I can't use it for tests. I can't use it for tests on runes. I can't use it for tests on Argo, I can't use it for tests anywhere because there's no support for test dependencies in Swift Package Manager mm-hmm. or for like fixture files. Like Argo has a bunch of JSON files that it uses for fixtures. There's no way of saying like there are files here that are not Swift, so do not try to compile them, but you need them in order to do this other stuff, you know. Right. Yeah, that's kind of weird. They there's nothing for non-Swift stuff in there whatsoever. And as you said, you can't point to a branch. Can you point to it a tag? You can only point to a release version, which is itself a tag. So okay. Git, so Git tags right. are release versions. So once I once right. I have released whatever this next version of Runes is for or whatever, I don't I don't 
totally know. But whenever, whenever I release the next version of runes, then I can say major version four or whatever in my package file. And now I'll be able to move forward, but I haven't been able to do that until I'm sure that I've made all the changes I need to make for Swift 3.0. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, yeah, I think it's the kind of thing. It's best to just take it like you're, like you're doing one step at a time. Get like the right. basics in place that are going to work for right. most right, users right, anyway. Right. And then, because at the end of the day, we still can't use Swift Package Manager for iOS at all. So right. there's really no like Swift Package Manager is very useful for getting it available on the server. And I would love to do that. I have this dream of being able to use like Argo on the server and Argo on the client and like share those model objects. You know what I mean? Right. And like you could share the models and they would share the parsers so that we're positive. They would share like the encoding and decoding code. Exactly. Yeah. So that you would yep. be absolutely sure that what's happening on the server is exactly what you expect and what's happening on the clients is exactly what you expect. It'd be super nice. Right. Yeah, the other thing nice. that'll be nice once we get Swift Package Manager support into Argo is that there's this um Swift website. I don't remember what it's called. It's like it's basically playgrounds on the web. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can look it up for the show notes. But there is like playgrounds for the web and it allows you to if it's part of that IBM, all IBM stuff. Right. And it allows you to, allows you to import packages that are available on Swift Package Manager. So if it's available oh, okay. through Swift Package Manager, basically what then we could do is in the Argo readme, we could just have a link that mm-hmm. links you to a template basically on the web that already has Argo included. And then you could from there play with Argo live in the browser without having to download anything nice which is a much nicer replacement we just pulled out the playground that we used to ship with Mm -hmm. argo because it was just a pain in the ass to maintain Mm -hmm. but this would be a better replacement than that and it would also allow us to be able to instead of like hacking stuff out that we're pretty sure compiles in like github issues we could actually make sure it compiles on the web and then just link to that right actual running compiling file right yeah, especially because you can set up a template that is that is uh, set to pull a specific release of Argo, so that you know that like that's not going right. to change out from under you. Can, we can push out new things, and right. you'll have a chance to try them out, make a new template pointing at the latest version to make sure everything still works before before right. getting you know unpointing the old one, unlinking the old one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we'll be able to do, but but yeah, it's still so low on my to do list just because most people aren't going to be able to use it. You know what I mean? Swift on the server right. will, but I still I still have trouble taking that seriously, Swift on the server, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've heard of anybody really using it. Like, I've seen a lot of no. projects, a lot of, you know, somebody whips out a web server in Swift right. just because you, cause you can, right? right? But I haven't heard anybody actually writing and deploying a server anything in Swift. Me neither, and... I know people are because I know there's a guy here in town that works at IBM on this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And he runs a Swift meetup kind of up north of here that Mm. his idea for it is like specifically to target Swift on the server. Like they don't talk about iOS or Mac at all. They only talk about Swift on the Mm -hmm. server. And I guess people go. I've never been, but I guess people go. So I, I think there are people doing it. I just I think one I think they're insane because 
they got in way over their heads and then complained when stuff started changing out for them under them. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. like they started trying to get Swift running on the server stuff, and then all of a sudden, you know, they basically rewrote Foundation in Swift, right. and then all of a sudden, Foundation in in Swift three actually doesn't look like the fake Swift version of Foundation, and so everyone was all pissed off. It's like, well, you're using like pre 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 release language. What do you like? Stop putting that right. much effort, like. <laughs> but I think we we have we've become so used to that pain over the past couple of years that we, we you know we've internalized that. Yeah, this that's is the way it is. Working with everything in Swift, it's like always, always the painful. rug being pulled out from under your feet is just like that's just out all the time every day. Yeah, you're right. And people yeah. who are new to that are still like, wait, what? Yeah, wait, everything is different now. What happened? This is almost certainly <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, of course, of course, everything changes out from under you every release cycle. That's just how things work here. It's like, no. This is what not. every language creator should do all the time. This is just, I mean, I this am. This is desirable behavior. Yeah. I am a, generally speaking, I am a fan of the changes in Swift 3. Mm. And I think that making them now, maybe, you know, you could argue that it's two years too late. That they should have, they should have thought this through two years ago, but. I see it a very different way. I see that that the initial release of Swift was something that in another company or in Apple of a different time, like that would have just been a, a private internal release right. that they would have kicked around and rolled around with for a couple more years before anybody outside the company saw it. So right. the way I see it is we, we were able to, you know, we, the whole community, were able to get insight into what they were doing and provide a lot of, I think, useful feedback over the first few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you look at you look at something like Java and how it's grown and changed over the decades, and it had a lot of, you know, it has well, there's a whole different approach to everything, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they had kind of a whole different set of pain around it. I think, you know, maybe because they were working on it a longer time, sort of, you know, in private yeah. for a longer period of time, and released this thing and said, "Hey, this thing is done." And then suddenly, like, all the use cases that people wanted to do were not right, right? And so, like, especially in the early years, it, there were so many changes to how, you know, things just, like, basic stuff like input and output was done. Like, mm-hmm. the different sets of classes for streams and buffers and all this stuff. And and now it's just this huge muddle of, you know, because everything in there, you know, you might have classes where 90% of everything is deprecated, but it's all still there and has been for 20 years because well, somebody yeah. used it once. And and Apple's actually, they're not doing that. They're saying, no, that old stuff, that's actually gone. Yeah. I mean, AppKit and to a lesser extent, UIKit are like that, right? Whereas like, yeah, it's just what happens when you build on a platform for 20 years. Like how long has AppKit been around? Well, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, yeah, I, like yeah. I get that, you know. It's gone through iterations and iterate, yeah, but yeah, but roughly yeah, eighty seven, eighty. Yeah, that's what was I was like going to say. Very first cut, so right. yeah, it's, it's old. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd call it mature software. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think that uh, Swift in the server is still an interesting idea, but I'm, I'm yeah, I have yet to see it really applied. Although I did have one interesting conversation with a company who they were talking about. Like they do embedded stuff. Yep. Right. And they were saying, you know, they were toying with the possibility of what if we could write things for our embedded systems in Swift? Instead of like C++? Yeah. Because 
and my my you know I was just kind of spitballing here. I don't really know, but my thinking about this is that if you were not using anything that has anything to do with cocoa, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not using any of the actual, not even foundation, you're right. just writing stuff from scratch, all your own, just as in pure Swift, right? And you and skipping all the dynamism, mm-hmm. it may be possible to actually link and run a program that doesn't even have anything like the Objective C runtime and has a very low foot, small footprint with low CPU requirements. Yeah. I don't really know. It seems to me conceivable, but I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough about kind of the back end of that process to know. You know what I mean? Like, I know right. about the language. Like, once you get past the compilation stage, or once you get to the compilation stage, I, my, that's like black for yeah. me. Like, I, I know nothing. Yeah. Like, I can, I can, I can kind of hypothesize about it, not even right. really theorize. I just have, I have a, a notion that maybe it's like this because like in c plus plus you know there's no there's no real dynamism there generally and you can make everything you know everything is decided at compile time the way we tend to try and move things towards in swift for the most part also right and that leads to a program that has no you know nothing like the objective c runtime for doing dynamic lookups of anything mm-hmm. you know everything is hardwired into exactly what you what you say it is mm-hmm. at compile time mm-hmm. and it seems like it would be possible to attain most of that with Swift also. They're like the actual mechanics of, okay, can we now actually link this program with exactly the right stuff it needs, the support it needs, but without the Objective-C-ish dynamic stuff. Right. And I really, I just really don't know. Yeah. Maybe a listener will know and tell us. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, what else? Lately there was the... Uh... So as we're recording this, it's just a couple of days after the iPhone 7 was revealed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know everyone's really upset about the lack headphones? of headphone port. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. It doesn't really matter to me. No, me neither. Like, it comes with an adapter. And so it's, well, but you can't charge your phone and listen to music at the same time. I've literally time never done you... that. Yeah. Not once. <laughs> I was trying to think. At first I heard it's like, yeah, that's really, you can't do that. It's like, wait, have I ever done there that? There is, from a developer standpoint, there are interesting things that you cannot do now. Like, if you need to debug something that relies on clicks on the headphone remote, mm. you can't do that because right. you can't debug wirelessly. You have to debug wired. Right. So there's that. Although Someone I saw, said something else. I saw a little adapter... A picture of some kind of adapter yeah. is kind of a splitter, basically. Yeah. So that should allow you to do that anyway, right. I would think. Right. Yeah. So if you're a developer, you fork out your 50 bucks for the, for the splitter thing, and you're okay, I guess. But People are angry, and they wanted something to be angry about. And I think a lot of people were right. all geared up to be angry about this before anything ever happened. Like, before Apple said a right. word. Before Apple said a word, there were rumors about people that they were going to remove the headphone jack and it was all going to go through lightning, basically exactly what we got. And every, and right. uh, there's a huge chunk of people that at that point, the second they heard that, they were like, I'm going to be angry about that. Let me start thinking about how I can be angry about that. And so like, I've thought about unfollowing about a half dozen people at this point on Twitter that, <laughs> that again, are otherwise incredibly intelligent and that I enjoy hearing what they have to say. You know what I mean? People that like right. I legitimately respect and I legitimately think are smart, intelligent people, thoughtful people, and they've gone so insane over headphones yeah. of all <laughs> things to go that crazy about. They are completely irate about headphones, and it's so right. nonstop that I'm just like, y- you are 
undercutting everything you've ever said. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, <laughs> oh, man. This makes me question everything I ever read from this person. Right. And yeah, I think that people, like you said, people were upset in advance because of the rumors. So there probably less people that had already, they'd already pre-written their tweets <laughs> or their blog posts. Cue them up. And they're just waiting, waiting during the announcement. Okay, is it time? There it is. A post, right? Yeah. <laughs> people like the, the the other thing that drives me crazy is that then people extended that anger to those the new AirPods, right? Mm. Which I right. really don't get because nobody is forcing you to buy those. If you think they're yeah. dumb, <laughs> just don't buy them. It's a very simple solution. Like you can absolutely just not buy those headphones. I totally understand that. Like if you feel locked in by iOS or if you feel like unwilling to sacrifice whatever you value in iOS to go to Android, that losing the headphone jack might actually be something that drives you crazy, right? Because you have to change something about your workflow. But being angry about those specific headphones is bonkers to me. Like, Right. It's like, oh, there now exists a new category of product which did not exist two days ago. Well, that makes me furious. Right. I mean, but I mean, a new thing that I could buy if I wanted to, and I think it looks silly. That makes me, that's, that's terrible. And people, people are like upset about that it's a new protocol, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not using Bluetooth. It's using kind of like their MiFi. I don't, I don't know what it's using, but it's using, it's using like NFC stuff, I think, and some Bluetooth and some Wi Fi, kind of the way a lot, some of their other stuff works, handoff probably, you know. Right. But people are upset about but that. But that's ridiculous because, because people can still also make pure Bluetooth yes. headphones if they want. Yes, they, they can. Talk. It's like, yeah, I have Bluetooth headphones that will continue to work <laughs> the way they've always worked and like will not be changed at all by this. So it's just like, well, okay, you know, this is an yeah. easy thing to to vote on. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about all this is is capitalism, right? And like. Right. Capitalism has problems, but this is the system that we live in. And so if you do not like this direction, then you just don't buy these new headphones, right? Right. And you buy Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> and then guess what? If enough people do that, then Apple comes out with Bluetooth headphones because they say, or they open the standard or something, right? They try to make it more right. accessible. But like, it's crazy to just be angry about this. Like, this is just some corporation that's trying to make like gadgets. Why do you care so much? How dare they? Well, and and, and like I'm (laughs) absolutely have been known to get angry at Apple, but it's almost always about like software decisions that they make and and how those decisions impact me in my job. I'd be willing to bet there's not a single person that where the lack of a headphone jack actually affects their job. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not it's not going to cost anybody productivity or time or like, oh, this is going to screw us over. Like it's not. At worst, it's a mild inconvenience for people. Right. At worst. And I think that, like, you mentioned earlier the fact that we're used to the Swift right, 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 yeah. situation being kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. I think that it, the argument could be made that being tied down to the notion of how headphones are supposed to work with a cord that is latched into something, that's also Stockholm Syndrome. Like, totally. It's like, oh... Well, there's always been a cord, and therefore there should always be a cord. Totally, yeah. That same argument could have applied to normal telephones 30, 40 years ago, right? We always had phones with cords on them, mm-hmm. and now we don't. Like, oh, no one talks about, oh, I really wish my iPhone was always plugged into a wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like phones were in the good old days. Right. Or, or, <laughs> or making jokes about, like, 
oh, I'll just I'll just go hide a thousand dollars in my couch cushions instead of buying that phone that I, you can lose easy because I'm apparently a human adult with normal motor skills that is incapable of like keeping track of my own belongings for more than five minutes. <laughs> like people act like they're going to buy these headphones and black holes are just going to mysteriously pop up every time they take them out of their sure. case and they're just going to like disappear. It's like, do you not have any like, like <laughs> self-aware, like, like, yeah, you lose things. Like I've lost, you know, sunglasses before, you know what I mean? But it's like, for the most part, hmm. That's so much. That doesn't happen. That, gr- for most grown-ups, you don't lose that many things that often. No. But yeah, I saw several people independently on Twitter within minutes make the same, joke, same joke, roughly yeah. roughly that I lost three pairs of those AirPods just watching that announcement. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Which is, is, you know, that's funny. And I saw people saying, oh, I can't wait to get, get some AirPods when I... Pick them up off the sidewalk, like, like right. Assuming that people are just going to be dropping them everywhere, right. And like, right. <laughs> it's so weird. That's such a weird future you've imagined. Like, <laughs> like absolutely bizarre. We had a theory here in the Austin office. We were talking about it when we went to get coffee after the announcement. So they're called AirPods, right? Critically, right. not AirBuds, which is that dog basketball movie, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> dog basketball. But think about that. Because we used to call, and most people still call the wired versions of those earbuds, right? Right. And what Apple did is they stopped calling them earbuds and started calling them ear pods a few years ago, right? Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the I ones that it. the wired versions that you get with your iPhone, those are earbuds. Those are called AirPods. Earpods. Sorry, earpods, not earbuds. Okay. So they changed the name to EarPods, and now they changed the name to AirPods. Do you think <laughs> that was an incredibly forward-thinking thing where they said, we're going to get new headphones, we're eventually going to make them wireless, we can't call them AirBuds, because if we call them AirBuds, everyone's going to make <laughs> some jokes about that stupid dog basketball dog movie. movie. We have to exactly change it. the name now. So that we set the precedent so that when we call them air pods in the future, then people don't go like, that's weird. It sounds, <laughs> I bet they did. It sounds pretty legit. It probably is. Because I mean, looking at, you know, like that sort of breakaway video of the inside, like that's something they clearly have worked on for years. Yeah, years those things years. are intense. I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm going to buy, to be clear, I'm buying those the second they become available. Yeah. Like for sure. One, I, I'm, I'm picking up an iPhone 7 on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a week from today. I don't know if this will be out by then, but I'm picking up my iPhone 7, 128 gig black mm-hmm. when it comes out, the morning it comes out, and I will absolutely buy those AirPods when they come out. So, and do those only work with the iPhone 7? There's no backwards compatibility for older phones. Is that correct? I think it's just a software thing. Okay. They did, didn't talk about any new tech, any new hardware tech in the 7 that okay. would have made that any easier, right? I think it's just right. a software thing. I okay, do think it's so. essentially a software thing that's piggybacking on handoff stuff. Right. Okay, sure. That makes sense. That'd be the thing that makes the most sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead Probably. of sending like a copy-paste user activity or like a messages user activity, they're sending like an uh, AirPod connection user activity right. that just has speci- the ability to be handled specially on iOS 10 and watchOS 3 and macOS 10 hmm. or macOS Sierra. Right. Do we call it macOS 10? 
or is it just Mac OS? It's now just Mac OS. Can I call it Mac OS 10.11 Sierra? <laughs> Actually, the correct pronunciation is Macos. Macos. Rhymes with tacos. Macos. And Wachos rhymes with nachos. Can I say it like a text and just call it Macos? <laughs> yeah, because tacos. Sure. Tacos. tacos. Macos. Some Macos. Let's get us some Macos. Yeah, you mentioned the, by the way, the color. You mentioned you're getting in black. And when they announced, mm-hmm. and it's going to be available in black and jet black. I was like, wait a minute. Right. First, it's so it, weird. It's like, am I, is, this a, is this the onion? Like, what is this? Right. It seemed really weird at first. And then I realized, okay, one of them is like shiny black and one is matte black, I think. Which is which? The shiny you know? black one is jet black. Okay. And it, because it is really just darker. And the black okay. one is the matte finish that is essentially like a really dark gray. Okay. They're so both black. much darker than space gray was. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. The jet black, at least in the videos, the jet black basically looks like the old black iPhone 5-ish when it was like glass. Right. Or iPhone 4 maybe or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The 4 was the glass one, right? 4 right. and the 4S. Yeah. Tiny screen. It was like, what, a 2-inch screen? 2-inch. Like a post inch, inch, inch and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about that too, like people getting pissed off at the the bigger screen size. And have you held an iPhone five, even just an iPhone five, recently? Like I have, and I have to say, I still prefer it. You still like it? Oh, yes, I do. So, because and so here's the thing. So, a, a couple months ago, my wife needed to get a new phone, and so looked what was available, and I was like, well, you know, she she'd seen my iPhone six. And I said, well, they've got an iPhone. They have the new iPhone SE, which is like the 6 or 6S, but is the size of an iPhone 5. And she like looked at it. She's like, yeah, that's the one I want. And so she has that. And one of my daughters has an iPhone 5. And so, yeah, I, I deal with these things. And yeah. I still prefer that size. I still feel like my iPhone 6 is too big. And really? I was still hoping. Yeah. And I was, I was hoping that the they, they would update the, the, iPhone, the iPhone SE for mm-hmm to match the iPhone 7, which I guess they still might. Like the other one came a bit later, right? So Right. The iPhone SE didn't come until earlier this year, I think. It's pretty recent. Track. It's pretty recent. I think it was just last winter time. Mm-hmm. So it may be that in another year or two then they'll have they'll update the iPhone SE to match whatever is the the, the internals of the iPhone 7 or 7s. Yeah. But yeah. Cuz yeah, I you know, I've had the iPhone 6 for almost going on 2 years and I still feel like it's it's just bigger than I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not angry about it, though. <laughs> I would no, just, I, I would prefer. Yeah, right. <laughs> I so I still like the size of the six, and every time I've used a five or earlier, I've been like, "Wow, that's a really small." Like it just it catches me by surprise this small screen. But at the same time, my wife has a six plus, mm-hmm. and I've used that one. Like I've got pulled hers out to like fix something or look at something, whatever. And then every, every time I go back to my six, I have that same reaction of like, God, that is tight. Like my six <laughs> or my six S right. is just like, man, this screen is tiny, but it's just compared to this basic, like not very small iPad. That, right. You know, my wife uses. Yeah. It was compelling. The two camera thing is the first time the camera system has been compelling to me on the six plus like Mm. or on the plus model like the ois stuff was like oh like in the six s and or the six plus and the six s plus i think Mm -hmm. both of them had ois or maybe the six s whatever 
I think both of those had the optical image stabilization okay. built in. Like that was interesting to me, but it wasn't like a compelling I didn't like have a second thought about like, well maybe I should get it just for that feature. But this new the telephoto lens stuff is really compelling to me and did make me second guess my decision to not get the plus. Right. Because it'd be really nice having that. Yeah, I would like to have that on a smaller phone, definitely. My prediction is that that comes in the next tick or whatever, mm. you know, the next design cycle. That Because if you look at kind of the way they've been treating camera stuff, it looks like what is happening is that the Plus gets the camera tech, like the special camera tech. Mm-hmm. The last time it was the optical image stabilization stuff. And that then the next generation non-Plus gets that say. tech. Yeah. And then the, the Plus gets something else new. So I wouldn't be surprised if... Maybe not next. It's hard to know. You know, I, I I'm very confused about whether or not they're going to do a full design refresh next year, mm. which it sounds like they might, right? Because this isn't a totally new case. It's just slightly different, right? And people yeah, are talking hard, about how, sure. and people are talking about how like next year is the 10 year anniversary mm. of the iPhone, and right. so it might make sense for them to hold off this year for a full redesign, and that right. you know, there's all those rumors about like getting rid of the home button and all this kind of stuff. But my bet would be that the next time there's a design refresh that both phones have the dual camera stuff. Right. Yeah, that would be nice. Like the the telephoto lens, that would be a good thing. That's something that I've always missed in phone cameras, having an actual, an actual like physical zoom possibility. Yeah, me too. So. Yeah. And that fake depth of field thing is kind of awesome. Hmm. Right. What was it called? The bokeh? Is that what it's called? That's what that's what it creates. Kind of it's blurry creates. background yeah. is called. But yeah, right. that, that that's bizarre. I didn't I've never seen anyone try to do that, just like fake depth of field like that. Right. It feels like it's like it's a, a cheat. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like no, absolutely here, it's like here's this, you know, cool uh, optical effect that, that real optics can actually produce and We'll just figure out a way to make kind of a filter combined <laughs> with some hardware, like a software right. filter with our new hardware that will fake it for you. Right. right. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, you know, those what they extremely good, yeah. biased photos from professional <laughs> photographers looked great with models. You know, those were awesome photos. <laughs> <was> right. Like, <laughs> like every time they talk about, those sh- they show off their photos. One, it always cracks me up when they constantly have to say, like, every time they talk about, like, the wire color range and, mm. like, how vivid and sharp these things are. But they're talking to people who are either sitting in a dark room watching that image projected, <laughs> like, 150 feet onto a screen or right. are watching a compressed web stream. So it's like... <laughs> You know, so you always can't have to, see. Yeah, it's no, like they always this, have to say, "Oh, you can't see this the way it really looks." But every if you, time, if you could, it would be amazing. It's just constant <laughs> apologies about, like, you know, yeah, like just trust us. I know it doesn't look any different here in this fifty-foot tall photo that we're showing you, but go see it in person because it looks dope. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's the problem. That's the problem that always comes up, right? Like, how do you sell HD TV to someone with an SD TV? Right. Right. <laughs> how do you go like sharper picture and you just show an SD image of an HD TV? You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. They have to sort of like, 
to contrast, they have to show the old tech, but worsened, sort of artificially right, exactly. degraded. You're going like, picture. my TV's not that blurry. <laughs> <laughs> or you go the other way, which is what Apple has done, and just like show confusing graphs that don't mean anything <laughs> to people without like backgrounds in color theory. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, all in all. I guess I'm always, whenever they have these these events where they're launching a new a new phone or new iPads or whatever, I'm always most curious to see things that actually become available to us as developers. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. And there was, I think the, this is, there was something new there, I think, regarding the cameras, right? The developers would be able to grab, like, you could get, like, you could grab a raw image. Yeah, and that's stuff that we kind of knew. We knew about that, right? Because I, we, didn't, we, I didn't know that actually. But. So, so they did talk about raw image support in iOS 10. That's just something built into iOS 10. So, okay, all of these cameras can take raw images now. Hmm. They just software hasn't let you do that yet. Okay, I thought this, there was something in the hardware that was something that was yeah, new. Maybe, there maybe is. It was, maybe it was because of the the two cameras. Yeah, it's fun. with it's with that, and I'm not clear instagram was up on stage right talking about that kind of stuff and i'm unclear on what exactly that was but it was interesting to me that this is maybe i'm wrong but it felt it seemed like it was the first year in a maybe ever or at least in a while where there hasn't been a hardware feature that made me go oh i get it now i can do x y and z apps Mm. you know what i mean where those weren't possible because of hardware limitations before. Right. Like, that definitely happened with the watch, right? And the built-in GPS. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. Tony was... I was talking to Tony about this, right? Where mm-hmm. Tony's a big runner, right? And he wears mm-hmm. a Garmin right now and uploads Garmin data to Strava, which mm-hmm. is like a like a running website, like a social running website, whatever. Right. But the way it works with Garmin is that he has to, like, sync the watch to his Garmin app, and then the Garmin app sends his run data to the Garmin website, and then Mm. the Strava website sees the data on the Garmin website and takes it and imports it, and then he gets it into Strava. And so he was like, I'm not sure how that'll work. I was like, well, you'll just use the Strava app, right? And you'll just cut Garmin out of the equation. Like (laughs) You would just have a Strava app on your phone that collects the GPS information and sends it up to itself directly like it doesn't have to go through garmin he's like oh yeah so it's like that is a thing that you could try to do before like they have a watch app but Hmm. it needed the phone gps and all of a sudden now by not needing the phone gps right it's a much more compelling app right yeah because it removes so many steps from the this otherwise kind of cumbersome process in a way right right and another piece of gear right like Those GPS watches are not cheap. They're like mm. 400 bucks plus, you know. Right. And, you know, needing that and then also having an Apple Watch is kind of crazy. If you just had an Apple Watch that can do GPS, as long as it can get close and give relatively accurate GPS data, which is the real question, right? It's like right. it has a GPS in it, but can it compete with like a Garmin? Probably. I think, you know, I, I, guess know. It, I, I guess it depends. I think, you know, I feel like GPS on any device is going to be good or bad depending on where you are, depending on what's in the way. You know, if yeah. there are buildings in the way too much and that sort of thing, it's going to be troubled no matter what device you have. Right, 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 right. And so if you're if you running, you know, you're not worried about, okay, 
where am I exactly to the half meter every tenth of a second? It's well, more, some it's, some people are, I think, right? Like some some people do get like really avid runners need to know at a glance exactly what their pace is at any given point, right? And mm-hmm. they want that stuff like hyper accurate, right? That's kind of what I'm wondering. And the same thing with the photo stuff, right? Where my brain doesn't immediately go, oh, this makes a whole bunch of photo stuff possible. But is that because photo manipulation is like a blind spot for me? Hmm. The same way that like the needs of high level runners is like a blind spot for me, you know? Sure. Like, I don't, I don't know. So yeah. I'll be interested yeah, to see if there's anything at the hardware level that people kind of take and run with that like surprises me. Right. I usually come away from those events, well, as if I'm there. I come away from having watched those events on my computer, uh-huh. <laughs> feeling a little disappointed always. Like, I'm always hoping that the new iPhone is going to really wow me some some way or another, you know? And it's always like, oh, it's a new phone. It's maybe a little bigger than last year. And the camera is always way better. The camera is amazing. And this has the longest battery life of any iPhone ever. It's like it's, it's just like it's you know it's kind of like yeah. year after year it's kind of the same thing right which is which I guess is fine it's a phone right but I feel like it's uh, this is ripe for disruption in a way you know in in the same way that when they introduced the iPhone and and it was new in a lot of respects you know it wasn't entirely unique but it had aspects that were that were new the combination was was new. Mm-hmm. It was kind of that no one was really on the fence. So either everyone, either you were all for it, or you were like, "Oh man, this is dumb. Apple can never make a phone." Right. Right. Like I think uh, I'm I'm sort of itching for something like that, which I guess the watch sort of was also. But that's I feel like the watch is kind of like I've had one for a while now, <laughs> and I'm still kind of on the fence about it. It's, it's like it's a weird device. It's like yeah. I I like it, but I don't love it. And if it broke, I wouldn't buy another one right that's that's the question (laughs) that's that's exactly where i'm at too where i like i wear my apple watch every day and Mm -hmm. if i dropped it in a pool and it died i might just start wearing my normal watch and maybe i'd miss it but i don't know how long i'd miss it for you know like i just don't know i don't feel like i rely on it the way i do my iphone you know i mean if my iphone broke i would go out immediately yeah that hour that yeah. hour. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> completely useless without it, right? But right. it's like my iPad. My watch and my iPad are kind of in the same vein, where mm-hmm. my iPad, I haven't bought a new iPad since the Retina Minis, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all chipped up and broken a little bit, like the screen's cracked in the corners because I've dropped it a few times and that kind of stuff. But like if mm-hmm. it broke, I guess I might think about buying a new one right. but it wouldn't be immediately and there's a really good chance that i would just go buy a kindle instead because that's all i use it for is reading yeah like i use it for reading and i use it for feeling guilty about not using it for more than reading that's the only <laughs> two uses it has in my life yeah so i guess i'm itching for apple to come up with something that is actually new is actually like oh wow that actually lets me do something entirely different with this with this iPhone, you know, that I would have never thought of, and that is not just a piece of software, not just like oh, somebody could have come up with this idea for an app before. I'm, I'm itching for them to have something that is actually yeah. totally a totally new way of interacting with it or something. I'm not sure what. Yeah, no, I hear something. you. One of these years, I guess. Sooner or later, yeah. or never, and <laughs> and we'll just move along with our miraculous piece of glass that 
connects us to every living person on the face of the planet. Right. <laughs> in our pocket. So quickly back to one <laughs> touch back on the thing about the uh, headphone jack or lack mm-hmm. thereof. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to set a sort of betting pool on when the first major new Android phone comes out without, without a headphone jack. jack. I mean, there probably already are some now. There are probably some small phones that someone's made a phone that says, "Okay, we we just left that out. You can use you can use Bluetooth headphones, and was, no one cares." But it, was an, like, but it was an accident for them. They <laughs> like they got all the way to production. They're like, "Ah, shit! You know, we forgot <laughs> headphone jack." Right, or like it could be a special purpose thing. You know, it could right, be like right. LG or HTC who makes right. you know a dozen different new Android models every year. And it's like, right. here we have some special case weird phone that doesn't have a headphone jack. And no right. one cares because it's just one of their many, many, many phones. But like at some point, the new, there'll be some big flagship phone from Samsung mm-hmm. or whatever that will not mm-hmm. have it. It's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. It's going to happen, definitely. And then within a year of that, then all the Android phone makers will have a major phone that is made without a headphone jack. And everyone will suddenly think it's normal. Yeah, like, it, you know, uh, there is a direct correlation between the headphone jack and the CD drive and the floppy drive, yeah. right? Where it's just like people flipped out at the lack of a floppy drive, right? Sure. And then yeah. people flipped out again at the lack of a CD drive. Right. It's like this is so much less interesting to me than the lack of a CD drive. You know what I mean? Right. Like that was that was like an actual big thing. Like I'm at the point in my life now where if someone hands me a DVD, I have would have to go purchase new equipment in order to do <laughs> anything with it. I actually bought an external super drive from Apple a couple of years ago. Yeah. For that that reason, just just to be able to deal with the you know on the off chance the, the you right. know the weird exception where I got to actually use this because. Because, like you said, when when I remember when they when they ditched that in some of their first laptops, and I was working at a company where you know we were buying. I just started there and buying new laptops, and it was a pretty new company. It had been around for, for about six months, and the other guys there were like, they said, "Yeah, well, we realized, you know, looking around the office, there is not a single <laughs> DVD or CD." anywhere we've been running our company for a while and we have no software we've installed from, <laughs> from a disc so no right. one seems to need this it's not really right. a thing that people need much anymore right but when confronted with it it seems like something you need right right i think that's the same case here with this stupid headphone jack where it's like people just can't get their brains around not having it available right and are not seeing they're missing the forest for the trees, right? Where they're just like so focused on that, they're not paying attention to the fact that like, look, we've had Bluetooth technology for years and it's been fine. And right. those Bluetooth <laughs> headphones are not that expensive anymore and they're only going to get cheaper and smaller and better. Right. And then even then, yes, there's absolutely a like room in the market for like a higher-end experience or with the proprietary standard. Hmm. But... I think for a lot of people, Bluetooth is going to be fine, and they'll just use Bluetooth. Or they'll use those weird right. wired ones that plug into the lightning jack. and it's going to, Again, it will be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think Bluetooth for audio is actually fine. I have I have it in my car. It's from 2010. Yeah, so, 2010, yeah. that, that car had Bluetooth in it already, and it connects to my phone perfectly, and it plays music just great. And if I instead play by plugging, because it also has, it has an audio jack and a USB jack in the car mm-hmm. also. And if I plug in into one of those instead, 
there is, to me, no perceptible difference in audio quality or anything. Right, right. The Bluetooth yeah. is just much easier to use, and that's what I use all the time. Yep. So. And even if even if you don't have Bluetooth in your car, the Apple is shipping with a dongle that converts from eighth inch to lightning. So it's not going to be like there's just no impact here to right. me at all. People are like, oh, but I have to carry on that little cord. It's like, no, you don't, because you unplug it and wind it up with your headphones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, ah, yep. People get upset about the wrong things. Agreed. You wanna wrap this up? Yeah, let's do it. So show notes for this episode are me found at buildphase.fm slash one oh six. And as always, uh we'd love to hear from you, so reach out on Twitter at buildphase. We are also you can email us at hosts at buildphase.fm and we would really appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. They help us get to new listeners. Is that it? I think Did so. I get everything? Cool. All right. Yep. Talk to you later. See ya. See ya.